Welcome to the 90 Minutes Fitness Podcast, a podcast all about soccer-specific fitness, from training and gym work to nutrition and mindset, all in an easy-to-understand format. With a brand new episode every Monday featuring guests from the world of soccer and tips and advice on how to take your game to the next level, you're guaranteed to leave increased motivation and practical steps on how to succeed in the soccer world. Here's this week's episode with me, your host, Aidan Kern. Hello and welcome to the Night Minutes Fitness Podcast with me, your host, Aidan Kern. Today I'm joined by Henrik Rigitnik, a Canadian professional footballer who currently plays in Austria. Henrik has an inspiring story, having trialed at 15 professional clubs before signing his first pro deal. These include prominent clubs in the UK, such as Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and Leicester City, along with MLS clubs like the Columbus Crew and Portland Timbers. It's a story of perseverance and hard work and will give you an insight into what it takes to make it in the professional game. Henrik, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to chat today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem at all. So just to begin with, Henrik, if you just take us all the way back to your early days in Invermere in, in Canada and how you first got involved in the game right up until you committed to a D1 school in the United States. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Invermere, British Columbia in Canada. Really small town, like 2,000 people roughly at, at most kind of thing and right in the rocky mountains it, the closest like big city being like three hours away so definitely a small town but beautiful place to live and grow up and everything and so my upbringing really was just all, all surrounded by being outdoors all that kind of stuff it being surrounded by the you know great outdoors of being in Ivermere BC but so my sporting background was really, I mean, not surrounded by football at all, really, because, yeah, we had snow six, eight months of the year, so we weren't playing outside much. So I was playing every sport I could get my hands on in terms of that, basketball, volleyball in the winter, and skiing, all that kind of stuff. And so my early days of playing football was, yeah, started at the usual age that you start in Canada, and my first coach and my coach all the way up until I left in Ramir was a guy named Jürgen Striegel. And he was actually a goalkeeper that played in Stuttgart in the Bundesliga back in the day. And so that was a huge, like that was a huge turning point for me early on in my career. Cause I went into football playing whatever position, you know, just getting the feel for the game and all that. And so with him, he just said after my first year, he's like, yeah, you're going to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> and so I just yeah took that took that head on and it was yeah I, I accepted that and then started training and playing as a goalkeeper in football for those number of years in my early days of football and then after you know a number of years being in Invermere it being super comfortable because you know everybody in the town knows everybody it's the usual kind of small town feel and so he took me aside one of the times and was just saying if you really want to play football or you want to have some kind of career you you need to leave and go to a bigger place to get some more exposure. And so at that time, this was going into yeah my early touching high school and all that kind of stuff. And so once I was going into high school, I started thinking about it because, you know, I saw because my uh, older brother, three years older than me, older sister, five years older than me, and they both graduated from Invermere and their, their opportunities were limited. They, you know, they really had to work for what they were trying to do. And so I, I saw that and I was like, I, I I want to get out so I can start earlier rather than after I graduate and then trying to figure it out. And then so 
yeah, going into my 10th grade year, luckily my dad was living in Vancouver at the time. And so I moved out there with him and then began, yeah, to push more for my football side of things. So once I got there, I, you know, brand new place coming from a small town. It, I definitely like that was my biggest struggle up until that point in my life. And I really had to, you know, buckle down and figure out what I was trying to do and realize like early on, like, cause I mean, a lot of people don't get that until they go off to college or whatever, because they'd been in the same, they grew up in the same place and had relatively comfort in being in a comfort zone. And so I was thrown into that. My The high school I was going to in Vancouver was more, more people than population in my hometown. So it was just a really big culture shock for me. And so going into football, I ended up meeting the goalkeeper coach that I still work with whenever I'm back here and everything. So he was another huge stepping stone for me in terms of connections and helping me figure out how to go about things and stuff. And so I was playing, yeah, played a random team right when I got there, just trying to figure out what team I could play in and then moved up to BCSPL, which is the highest level you can play without being with the Vancouver Whitecaps residency team. And then, so I was just getting my footing kind of thing, but then I cracked my right scapula, so your right shoulder blade. And so once I hit, yeah, that was when I really struggled like the next six to eight months because it took that long to recover. And it was, yeah, it was a real struggle and trying to fit like, I was, yeah, not happy at school. I had no friends. I wasn't, I wasn't a, I was a very uh, introverted person. I, yeah, I didn't speak to very many people. So it was a big struggle point at that point. And so getting through that, I, I knew I just had to get through it to move on to the next one. And then once I got, through that I was able to yeah be playing BCSPL and then through that goalkeeper coach came my first opportunities overseas before I finished uh high school and so that started with yeah going over it was a goalkeeper camp that he hosted my goalkeeper coach in Vancouver and there was a few UK coaches that came over to you know scout and so I was picked to go to on trials with Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and Ipswich Town so Aston Villa and Crystal Palace were both in the Premier League at that time, and Ipswich was in the championship. And so that's when I went in 2014 fall. And it, yeah, up until this point, I had no kind of professional opportunity. Like, no, I'd never really seen the, the professional game firsthand. I grew up in a small place where you didn't really know about any of that kind of stuff. So it was just, it was an, like, a, it was shell shock for me, another shell shock early on in my life, I would say, because. Yeah, I'd watched football on TV, but not not to the extent of some people, because it just wasn't in my in my family. So I went there. It was yeah, three months, and yeah, I wasn't good enough to to properly you know like compete. Like I was with the U18, I was 17 at the time, and I just you know yeah, I, I was I was there you know learning a lot. Of course, it's a huge yeah shell shock, and you learn a lot in that kind of sense when you're forced to be in an uncomfortable position. And I did you know whatever I could do, but at the end of at the end of the, the, the three weeks, months, whatever it was, I can't exactly remember. Um, they, the, all the managers were like, look, I mean, yeah, we, I'm glad we brought you out here, but it's just, we're, we're not going to sign you. We're not, we're not interested in furthering it. And yeah, I, I knew that going into the, those, you know, talks, I just knew it wasn't going to happen, but, but that was the, the point where I was like, I realized what it takes and the level and, what it what that atmosphere is like and I was hooked like I was I saw that I was like okay yeah I'm gonna get back here at one point I just don't know when and so I went back went back to um back to Vancouver 
and that was like the spring of my senior year of high school so the last year of high school and so I was thinking okay what's what are my next steps basically to get myself back to that that point and so I was like okay well like the natural succession for me was just go college soccer in the U.S. because that was what I knew I could get and I could use my connections and stuff to get there and so but in terms of college soccer I was really late in the recruiting process because that's a, yeah, six months before I would be going off to college and a lot of top college teams are recruiting two years in advance in terms of uh, getting players. So in terms of, of course, the U.S. is expensive for college soccer. If you're international, it's, yeah, it can get ridiculous if you're not on like full scholarship or at least some scholarships. And so I was really just looking for whichever whichever school that was, you know, decent that I could get good money for that I could get my foot in the door and then transfer to a place where I really wanted to play and where I could really flourish. And so, yeah, that was a, another awkward point in terms of where I had to really get rid of my, like I, I, I realized I was like, I can't be this introverted kid anymore. Like I got to go out, you know, speak, like I had to call coaches day in, day out just to, you know, try and sell myself to get an opportunity. And so I did that all throughout that point and spoke to a lot of different coaches and had, had way more no's than yeses. And I ended up getting an opportunity in University of Missouri, Kansas City for the, and I had an academic scholarship. So I was able to, you know, knock down that price, but of course it's still, you know, expensive, but I knew I had to get that foot in the door. So then I could really, I knew, I knew how I would take it. I knew I could work towards getting to that point and I got to that point and then, and then, yeah, moved on from there. But, so I took that opportunity and went to University of Missouri, Kansas City for my freshman year of college. And what was that experience like just when you went for the first time to England? Because I know just from a lot of Irish players going across to England at the age kind of 15, 16, it's quite an unforgiving environment, especially when you go into mm -hmm. the dressing rooms and things like that. It can be quite tough. How was that for you kind of the first time that you went into those English clubs, kind of mixing with the players that were there and even the adapting to the coaching methods and just the environment in general? Yeah, like, I mean, like I said, yeah, huge, huge culture shock because, I mean, especially just, I mean, from Ireland to England, like you're not that far away. You're kind of, you're surrounded by the football environment. You you have an idea. Me being in Canada, not coming from a football background of family or anything, like none of my parents really play football. And I'm like, I hadn't watched that much football going up to it. So, and Canadian football, like to each their own, it's, it's not the level of what you, you know, expect from a relatively bigger country. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a huge, huge culture shock. And I was just, like taking it back for the first three, you know, two, three days where I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is really going on. And then, and then I was like, okay, let's get into it kind of thing. And so, you know, after the first few days, you, you get kind of a rhythm, but yeah, it's, it's relentless to say the least in terms of like, yeah, you 17s, you 18s, you're, you're going up against, you know, top footballers in that country that are, you know, top footballers in the world at their age kind of thing, depending on where you're at. But so it was a, it was a huge shock, but it was a huge learning point. Like you can't replicate that anywhere else without getting the opportunity to go into it and you fail, but it's not really, it's just a huge lesson really at the end of the day. So it's a, it was a huge turning point for me in terms of realizing what it takes. 
yeah no definitely I think that was kind of a good experience for you have to have kind of early on in your career because yeah. I think it definitely although you didn't end up signing at that time it definitely just gave you that confidence and just that insight into that world because like we said it's just a completely different world uh, coming mm. from Canada or the US so I think it's important for kind of players to realize what kind of environment that they're coming into and it does take a lot more yeah. than kind of the the footballing ability is such as a lot of kind of yeah. mental strength involved which kind of you you showed a lot later on when you went back to England but if we just go to just when you went to kind of D1 uh, college what was your reasoning behind that because I know because having dabbled in kind of professional world in England what was your kind of reasoning for going to college at the time did you see kind of the college soccer as a pathway to the professional game yeah so like me coming back I had about like six months of time to either try and figure out a way to get to get back to England and then just forego my college, university, everything. But at the time, I, I wasn't complete, like I, I didn't have exactly, you know, I wasn't ready to just go all in and, and hope for the best. And then, yeah, okay, now I don't have a university degree or anything, you know. So I was at that point where I saw that as a direct stepping stone where I could take that kind of time to really figure out and work and what works for me and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I'd spoke with my goalkeeper coach, my family and all that. And that just seemed like the, the best opportunity for me at the, at that time in terms of what, what I, how I could develop and get myself back to that situation. And, you know, I knew, I knew I'd always, you know, been good in school. I always enjoyed school. So I, you know, I thought, okay, that's the best of both worlds at this time. And I can really figure out, you know, if I really want to play professional football or, you know, I, I was pretty convinced, but I mean, I was just like, I always prided myself on having you know a plan b injuries happen shit happens like you never you never know what happens with like yeah <laughs> you never know with life you know anything can happen and you be you be you know stranded so i i always wanted to have a direct plan b in case football didn't work out kind of thing and so university i saw that as a direct opportunity to do that and then if you just take us through kind of your your experience then kind of in university because I know you ended up transferring as well so if you just kind of just take mm -hmm. us through kind of your college career yeah yeah so I ended up going yeah University of Missouri Kansas City they're yeah division one school I went there for my freshman year we had a really big influx of freshmen coming into that program is kind of getting a revamp in that sense and so I went in there was another freshman goalkeeper coming in and then it was a there was a transfer from a junior college, another goalkeeper coming in that was a bit older. So the, the coach was basically saying, it's it's up to you guys, whoever whoever's going to be, you know, playing the best or doing the best is going to be starting kind of thing. And so I saw that as a really big opportunity to, you know, get games freshman year as a goalkeeper. It's pretty big to do as in terms of college soccer. And so I went there with that in mind. And, but as soon as I got there, I saw, you know, some inconsistency. I was, it was, and at that point, I was early on, I started to begin to see the kind of problem with college soccer. And, and that is the, the coaching. It's the coaching is really inconsistent. There's, you know, different levels of, like there are good college so soccer coaches, but then there's the whole other end of the spectrum. And there's a lot of really poor college coaches, <laughs> to say the least. And so that was our kind of struggle with, you know, our, our manager coach. He, a lot of us just didn't agree with what he was doing and all that kind of stuff. And so through my freshman year, it was a bit of a up and down. I was, he would switch out the goalkeeper if we lost or tied. Like he, he would practically switch it out every game. So I ended up playing five or six games or starting five or six games that, that season. 
and I went into that season, I was, uh, I need to get as many games and then get good footage and then transfer. But I knew at the end of the, my freshman season, I mean, we were a mediocre team, not, not a good college soccer team, like, you know, at bang average. And so we were, you know, not doing that well. I didn't get that many games. So I was, I, I was like, because ah, in college soccer, you have to, you have to talk to the coach and say, I want to transfer. And like, you can't really go back on it. Most, most college coaches, if you, if you say that to them, they're, you're either going to leave or you're going to leave one way or the other. You're going to either transfer, or you're not going to come back to the, the school. So I, I kind of kept my mouth shut. I was like, okay, I'm going to come back into my sophomore season, train, you know, grind out that summertime and all throughout that year to make sure he, ha- he has no choice but to, but to play me my sophomore year. And so then going into my sophomore year, he brought in another like three Italian guys and college soccer is a bit weird with the age and stuff. Like a lot of internationals or anything like can come in 24 years old and be a freshman. And so it was, it's, it's a bit odd in that sense, but so he brought in this Italian goalkeeper and I knew from the jump, he was like, he's, he's going to start him. Doesn't matter how good or how bad he is kind of thing. It, he's brought in a big scholarship because yeah, most internationals are coming in on good scholarships or bigger scholarships. And so it, it was another kind of case of that. And so I, I think I only played like two matches that season. And, but at the end of that season, I was all right, I, I'm done. And a lot of players were, up at this point because he was just constantly shifting up and down and it was all over the place really and so I was just like okay I I mean I need out I I have two more years of college soccer technically in terms of eligibility and so I said yeah I went in got my my transfer release or whatever you want to call it and then basically started the whole recruiting process over and so that was a huge another step forward where you're just stepping into the darkness you don't know what like I I knew I was going to come out on the other side but I just didn't know how or where I was going to go because college soccer is a bit, you know, all over the place and you, you never really know. So it was a huge kind of stepping point where I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But so then once I stepped in, yeah, so that was the, the fall of my sophomore year. And so once I got that, so I was just, you know, calling up college coaches again, basically exactly what I did before I went to college, put up and put my highlight tape together and all that kind of stuff. And just, yeah, called, emailed <laughs> relentlessly, like literally every single college team I could find that was what I wanted to do, like, because I wasn't going to be settling for, you know, whatever, I, you know, I made sure that my top, my top priorities were those schools and that's where I was going to go. And so I, yeah, emailed 100, 200, because there's 220 or 230 U.S. Division One college soccer teams. And so, yeah, I was emailing, calling everything. And so, yeah, I, I got a few, you know, uh like interest and all that kind of stuff but i had the most interest from yeah cal state university northridge in los angeles and so once that kind of came through they i spoke with them a few times they said they wanted to bring me out on an official visit and all that and i was like yeah okay this this is where i'm gonna go like i i know this is a good fit and i want to be there and so yeah i went on that official visit in around yeah november like the thanksgiving time that year and then committed right on a spot there. And then, so that's when I went to LA in that for my spring season. And that's when I was able to secure like a good scholarship the spring season. And then going into my junior year, I was on a full ride scholarship, luckily. So I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Just then when you were, obviously for the most part, you had a, an excellent career when you went to LA. I know you had a lot of kind of uh, defensive player of the year awards. 
do you think that was kind of pivotal in you signing eventually signing professionally or do you think that even if you had left the college system after those first two years that you still would have uh, made it to the professional level yeah so once once because yeah coming out of Kansas City I played like six seven full 90 minute games kind of thing and so I was coming out of that not not exactly confident like I, I knew I knew I was on the right direction but I just wasn't in the right atmosphere environment and everybody knows environment's a huge thing and so I was searching for that environment where I was I could really put my head down and work and you know people believe in me and you know understand where I was going what I was trying to do and all that kind of stuff and so when I got to LA like everything just clicked you know and so everything just felt natural felt good and everything and you know the coach believed in me he said you know straight off the jet straight off the bat like you're our number one like this is going to be you know you're going to be playing as long as you know you live up to you know what, what we expect of you and all that kind of stuff but so I knew going in like you know it's a huge when your manager says oh yeah like I, I'm 100% backing you so I was completely comfortable with where I was going forward kind of thing and so yeah like I said every everything just clicked and yeah junior season went really well played all the matches got the yeah, defensive player of the week awards four or five times throughout that season won the our comp, big west conference goalkeeper of the year and so that's when i was like okay yeah i i i can make it kind of thing like i, I knew i was in taking the right steps in the right direction and so that's when yeah the call started coming for back to the uk or back to overseas kind of thing and so that was also with help with my goalkeeper coach from Canada again, Vancouver, in Vancouver. I was speaking with him and he had a lot of connections from him playing. He was from South Africa, played in Europe and all over the place, really. So he had past connections. So he was always trying to help me out in any sense he could. And so throughout that, it was always kind of do my, do my, because the, the college soccer seasons the, throughout the fall and then you have the spring season, but it's, it's, it doesn't really count for anything. It's just, you know, training and playing with the team. And then always in the summertime, that was when I was trying to push to get overseas again. So that summertime, I was put in contact with a, a, an agent from the UK. And then, so that's when I went to Peterborough United in League One at the time, that summertime. And yeah, like tri like trials are trials. You, they're, they're looking for ticking every single box. Like everything can look like it's going perfectly. And then at last minute falls through, whatever. And I mean, I've seen that time and time again. Like I said, I've been on, yeah, 15 different trials. Um, but so it just yeah, didn't work out at that time. And then I went over to Finland in the top division there with Rovin Yemi. That was another just, yeah, stepping stone where, I, you know, everything looks good, but just fell through at the end. And so that's where you got to kind of keep your head on your shoulders and realize, okay, yeah, this is going to take a few shots or this might take, you know, who knows how long this is going to take so i just you just got to keep going put your head keep your head down and keep working and then so yeah i went back to uh because that was towards the end of the summertime and that was when my college soccer season was starting again in my my senior year and so that's when i went back to la and had another really good season did well and won the goalkeeper of the year the defensive player of the week awards and all that kind of stuff and then of course that's when the kind of influx of MLS teams and all that were bringing in interest and all that. And so I was, yeah, pushing to go through that or into back over the Europe. But yeah, so it was all over the place, but yeah. And just what, what I find quite unique about your story, especially during your college years, 
it's just that instead of actually playing during the summer in in the US, so for example, what was PDL is now USL League Two or NPSL, yeah. you actually chose to go to Europe and, and train with teams there, which I think is, is something that can be very beneficial for players in college because, like you said, yeah. with the college season, it's basically just kind of two or three months and that's it. Yeah. And especially for European teams and European coaches, they don't always see the value in that compared to players playing 10, 11 months in Europe. So yeah. do, you, do you think, would you advise doing that for players going to Europe in the summer or the spring to maybe even just train with teams to kind of get used to that environment? Yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I would advise 100% for that just because it's it's putting you outside of your comfort zone. You might, you might be, you know, in the US play with a PDL team because I did play with a few PDL, PDL teams here and there in my spare time when I was in LA or what that kind of thing. But having the opportunity to go over to Europe, whole different country, if you hadn't been there before or whatnot, being in a whole different team, it, it really forces, like, it opens your eyes if you hadn't been there before. And so being in that atmosphere, you're always, you know, trying to beat the next guy, doing all this kind of stuff, like speaking with coaches, building connections, like the amount of connections you build just from playing, like training with guys, you you build, you know, friendships, relationships, like you never know what's going to benefit you in the, in the future, like a, a guy becomes a coach somewhere here or whatnot kind of thing. And so I think it's a huge because I mean college soccer compared to European soccer, you 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 can't you can't compare them. It's completely different play styles, all that kind of stuff. And so obviously Europe, you know, completely way more technical, all that kind of stuff, just in that sense. And so playing there throughout the summertime for players, I I think it would you know be a huge boost for them. And I saw a huge boost for me, just in terms of mentally, physically. Oh, you know, confidence-wise, just working through that was a huge stepping stone for me to just build on the basics and build my, you know, my um, resume and all that kind of stuff with with football, really. Yeah, I think it's important just when you touch there on the connections as well as when you went to Europe, you built those connections. How important has that been kind of in your career and getting trials, uh, just the connections that you've built and kind of would you have any advice for players on how to build those connections or how to network effectively uh, within football? Yeah, like, like I mean, it goes way back until, yeah, when I first went to Vancouver meeting my goalkeeper coach that I, that I still, like it's been yeah nearly 10 years I think now that I've, I've been in close contact with him all the time and you never know those early on connections, later on connections He's he's helped me immensely through connecting like with agents or anything or getting in contact with teams, anything like that. And so it's a huge like I think it's one of the biggest things in terms of trying to be become a professional is your connections because the the amount of players influx and that come through that coaches see, like they see hundreds of players all the time. And if you just have a better connection than another and than another person with that club and you're the same level, they're going to take the one that they know or they have a connection with just because they know that, you know, that connection is reputable. So they, they trust that. And so connections are huge in that sense. And so if you can get in contact with as many agents as you can or any, many teams, doesn't matter, just sending empty emails, you never like, or email to clubs or agents and stuff, getting in contact, just having a conversation, and taking that step forward just shows you're 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 pushing towards that level and it's a huge like yeah it's 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 massive in the ten, in terms of professional football and life in general connections are huge for getting jobs getting all that kind of stuff so you never know where those connections are going to take you but they can only benefit you really in the end of it 
And then just tell us just about your time then uh, training with MLS clubs. I know you trained with Columbus Crew, Portland Timbers and Minnesota United as well. What was that that experience like? Because I know you were kind of predicted as a, a top 10 draft pick as well. So um, how was that whole whole experience for you? Yeah, so yeah, so going into my senior year, the like my the summer summer of my junior year, so my fourth or my third year of college, I was yeah still pushing for the European football and all that. And but at the time, another American agent had speak got in contact with me through my college coach that they had connection with, and so he yeah, so a number of yeah MLS teams had gotten contact with him to they wanted to bring me out to just train because at that time you're not allowed to like be on a trial really with an MLS club you're just going there to train with so they can see you before because you're eligible for the draft in your senior season basically and so that's what I was going to be into my senior season I was going to be eligible for the MLS draft and at that point yeah I was all the agents I'd spoken with and all that they were speaking yes and you're 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 in that top 10 picks for and what teams are thinking of and all that and so me Going into that summer, I yeah went and trained with Minnesota, Columbus Crew, and Portland Timbers, and so yeah they were all really good experiences. It's yeah MLS clubs is a professional environment, everything. But that's another thing. I just saw that as another opportunity to build different connections because I you know who knows what happens and yeah, and so I went into it, trained with them throughout the that summer really, and did really well they all spoke very highly of me and so they're all speaking back to the or the agent had been speaking to me on their behalf and saying yeah they really like you and it looks like they you'll be a top 10 pick the next the following year your senior season and so i saw that and i was like okay that's that's another backup plan like my 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 site was still set on going to europe but i saw that it was coming up to to the mls draft in the in the following year and so i was saying, okay, well, if I can get drafted, that'll just boost my value overseas. Like I can use that to boost, you know, getting trials or getting contracts overseas. And so, so yeah, that brought me into my senior season of LA, did really well again, but that's when I started having problems with injuries and my, my hip had been bothering me for the last few months and had been misdiagnosed by numerous different physios. And so I stood, you know, I still did really well and all that. And then going into the that kind of winter window of where the MLS draft was going to happen, because it always happens in January. And so that's when I was like towards the end of where you can actually sign with an agent because you, after your eligibility is up, basically. And so I was speaking with yeah, numerous different agents. They were all you know pushing the MLS and all that kind of stuff. And so I ended up signing with my agent and everything looked, I was, looked pretty clear that, okay, yeah, you'll be drafted in the MLS. And then we can use that to go overseas, basically. And so it came up to the, you know, a few weeks before the draft and all that. And things started kind of going a bit, you know, dry in, the, in terms of uh, the talks and stuff. So they were, you know, the clubs were saying, okay, yeah, because I, I didn't have an American citizenship. I just had Canadian and Swedish. And so a lot of the American teams were saying, okay, well, we'd have to use a DP spot, which is the international spot in the MLS in there. I can't remember exactly the rules at the time of what it is, but it's three or four spots, I think, on a team that they can use a DP spot. And they're usually using that for, you know, they use that for like the Beckham that came over or like those, you know, like, you know, all those kind of, those big time players that come over, they use the DP spot. So they were looking up, you know, college player, they didn't, you know, they weren't 100% set on that. And so 
I ended up just slipping straight out the draft. I didn't, I was, I didn't end up getting drafted, and so that's where I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going like I'm full on European. That's what I'm pushing towards, and it was a bit of a because I'd, I'd been sold on that, you know, like every everybody had said from the beginning, okay, yeah, this is this was going to happen. You're going to get drafted, and then I had those stepping stones ready for what I was trying to do. But yeah, of course it, it it didn't end up happening, and of course that's another setback. But I was ready to keep going, you know. Yeah, so definitely what I find uh, interesting about your story is just how focused you were, kind of on playing in Europe. As even in in your video, which I'll, I'll link to in the podcast as well, just kind of telling your story. You mentioned just even if you had been drafted in the MLS, that even by the summer that you would have looked to have gone back to yeah. Europe again. So I think that's really kind of unique to your story, how focused you are and actually getting to Europe. So then once yeah. kind of everything with the draft fell through, obviously you turned your sights back to Europe again. I know this is, this is kind of almost the craziest part of your story. I think it just involves so many trials at different teams, different countries. So if you just kind of talk us through that experience and, and what that was like and how you built those connections yeah. uh, with those teams as well. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, yeah, things didn't happen with the, with the draft and everything. So, yeah, I had been signed with my agent with Stellar Group now at the, t- at the time. So I was, we were, you know, talking in terms, okay, yeah, we're, we're still in the winter window. So there were still opportunities over, over in Europe. And so over that next month, I was, I was just back in Vancouver training with my goalkeeper coach, training with other goalkeepers I had trained with before, just, just kind of waiting on that opportunity to come. And, so at that time it took I think it was yeah, I think it was dipping into February where the first one came up and that was Trelleborg in the Super Eten in Sweden. And they uh, they wanted to bring me out on trial. Uh I think two week trial, whatnot, everything like they were, you know, very positive from the beginning in terms of like even just, you know, in connections and then once I got there everything looked really good and was training there at the time i was still trying to figure out my hip it was still bothering me and was it wasn't something that was like properly hindering me but it was it was something that was always in the back of my mind so i was still trying to figure that out at the time and so i went through that trial at the end of it they basically said that they had new sponsorships that came in so they were gonna you know they're gonna gonna go after an older more like more um uh more experienced goalkeeper to, so they could, yeah, because they had more money at the time now, apparently. And so that just, yeah, fell through, came back to Vancouver, straight back to training, all that kind of stuff back here, waiting on the next opportunity. And then another, another month or so, uh, second division club in Denmark, uh, HB2. Um, yeah. Second division Denmark went out there, same kind of situation as Sweden went there. This was, this was my like peak hip problem. So I, I honestly just, I went into it. I, I strained my hamstring like the second the second day, and it was it was just a rough situation. Like I just it just didn't click at all really, and so I knew that it was just like I'm it's not gonna happen kind of thing. I was there for yeah two weeks, trained with them, all that kind of stuff. They you know, but at the end of the day, you're always building connections wherever you go. You never know what's you know, they might you know refer you to another club or whatever kind of thing. So I was doing whatever I could to you know keep keep things moving and all that, and so yeah, didn't work out <laughs> again. Um, went back to yeah went back to vancouver and at this point it was i think march or so march april and so my agent was like okay go back get healthy 
So figure out your hip, my ha- my hamstring, all that kind of stuff. Get healthy. We'll we'll push again for the summer window, basically. And of course, you know, all footballers know the summer window is the bigger window as in comparison to the winter window where clubs are, you know, moving a lot more players. And so went back, yeah, trained, got got healthy, figured out my hip pretty like I finally was able to kind of, you know, at least get a handle on my hip. And so once I got that was going into that summer, I had been contacted with from this the Austrian club that I currently was signed with. But Bournemouth in the Premier League also had reached out to my agent and said they want to bring me out on trial with their under 23s. And so we both were like, it's it's just more beneficial. Go to go to Bournemouth, build that connection, and and it'd be a huge step right into it kind of thing, being in the U- U23s. And of course, I always backed myself. I always thought, you know, okay, I can I can play with whoever it is kind of thing. And so I went there. It was the two weeks or so. And they really liked me. The the under twenty I was training with the under twenty threes. He was saying, Yeah, like things are looking good and all that kind of stuff. And then the the front office basically spoke to him and said, Well, okay, we, we need to sign a keeper that can step straight into the Premier League right now, kind of thing. And so he was saying he they were more looking to sign me and put me out on loan so I could go get matches in like lower league division in, in the UK and then come back kind of thing. But, but the front office was really pushing to sign a goalkeeper to step into the Premier League at the time. And so of course that didn't work out again. And so, but of course this is another connection, another, another experience, another, you know, step forward really. And so, and then, so that, this is where it began where I was just in the UK for months on end really. And so I, the next, few days i was waiting around just you know because this was july so that was like you know with summer window you know booming getting going kind of thing and so in the next few days lincoln city and league one came up they wanted to bring me on alone so i took the train up there and at this time i was i was just yeah airbnbs day and day not day out kind of thing hopping hopping from airbnb to airbnb wherever i was so i went to lincoln city again did well all that kind of stuff thought it was going well they they said because the number two was leaving, they wanted to sign another goalkeeper, and I played in a match against Derby. Derby County did well. They were saying, "Yeah, okay, things are looking." They were speaking with my agent about signing me and all that kind of stuff. And then the number two didn't end up leaving, and so, so then again, stuck with it. They they said, "Okay, well, we can't sign you." So, but luckily, I was still able to train with them in the meantime. So I was I was still able to, you know, I was still just Airbnb, Airbnb, wherever I could, kind of thing, staying there training with them in the meantime just hoping my agent would pull something and then so this was yeah a long line so then from there a few weeks later Barry FC in League One they just been promoted from League Two but at the time obviously them and Bolton were both in huge financial problems they were seeing you know talking oh don't know what's going to happen with that and so went there did really well speaking okay yeah things are looking really good we just have to make sure the club survives really at that time and Lo and behold, you know, that week later, <laughs> the club goes under, falls out of the EFL, gets kicked out of the EFL. And so once again, you know, not signed, not, you know, struggling again, just Airbnb to Airbnb, really. And so that was time when I wasn't able to train with anybody at the time. And so at that at that point, I was really, okay, like mentally really taxing in terms of Airbnbs waking up. You know, I have a whole day of not being able to train football. I would go to the gym for as long as I could just to try and, you know, keep my head, you know, do whatever I could to get through 
get through the next day. I was just, I was just trying to go day by day really. And that's all I could do. I'd only be able to book Airbnb day on like one day at a time, just because it was something I didn't know where the next opportunity was going to take me. And so another one, you know, I think that was like around two weeks I was waiting just, yeah, Airbnbs, gyms, all that kind of stuff. But then Leicester city came up and they wanted me to play in a reserve match for their U23s. And we're looking to sign a goalkeeper with their U23s went there, played in the match, thought I did well, agent said I did well, that kind of stuff, but ended up this kind of same opportunity, same thing as Bournemouth. They said, Oh, we want to sign a goalkeeper. We'll step, step straight into the premier league at the time. kind of thing. And so didn't work out again. And then, and then, so yeah, I was racking up the clubs in terms of that sense, but Again, I was, I was, you know, determined. I was like, but I, I, I can't remember exactly the, the turning point, but I, it was, yeah, because I was playing the match was just another few weeks between then. And that was when I was just, yeah, again, Airbnbs. And that was where I was like, how long can I realistically do this for, you know? Because I, I you know, I, I could just, I didn't know. <laughs> like it was at the point where I was just felt really lost. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, but but at the at the time I just took I took um, you know solace in realizing it's it only takes one, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. So then I went to so then Yeovil Town came up in the National League, and so went down there, and a lot of miscommunication. They it was I don't know it just it was an odd situation and it didn't end up working out. And then that's when Austria came calling, and I went there, and then that's how I ended up signing with them in the third division Austria yeah I think a common trend for yourself is often and it's it was kind of a, a good thing for you as well because every club that you went to you got positive feedback each time so it was kind of at least it gave you the motivation to know that you were up to the level but yeah. as we know kind of football is so, such a subjective game it's all the kind of opinions and whether they actually need someone at the time in that position yeah. so for yourself it was kind of they they needed a keeper but they needed someone with that experience to kind of step straight into the premier league and, and like that's yeah. the premier league as well it's not like yeah. into some kind of part-time uh, yeah. league like that's mm-hmm. top league in the world so they needed someone mm-hmm. to step right in so although kind of you were kind of good enough you just didn't have that experience probably to step right into yeah. the premier league at that time no, but like yeah. I said at least it could give you that confidence to know that you were kind of training with these players and knowing that you were up to the yeah. level of that but just for all those reasons they just weren't able to sign you at the time so i'm sure that kind of gave you gave you confidence to keep going and to at least kind of get there to that point where you did uh, eventually sign professionally as well yeah 100 percent. because i yeah, like like I said, yeah, I was getting positive feedback because if if every single club I went to, they're like, no, you're you're not good enough. It's like we we just yeah we don't see it happen. I would have called it a lot, lot called it quiz long time ago, kind of thing. Like in in the sense of that, like there's a there's a point where you you have to realize what level you're at really, and at that point, and if you, if you're not at the level, yeah, they go back and work and get to that level. But I knew I was at that level because yeah, I was getting positive feedback, getting those you know, all that training with those kind of players and was, you know, holding my own. But yeah, like I said, the experience and all that kind of stuff really kind of uh, hindered me in that sense. But so it was, it was that big thing where I knew I had what it took. So I just had to keep going. And that's what really fueled me day after day to keep pushing really. And what was it like at Leicester City at the time? Did you train with the first team at all or mix with any of the first team players? Yeah, so, so I went down, played with the reserves, and so I remember it was international break at that time. So a lot of the first team wasn't there at the time. And so I was playing the match and then 
but I, you know, mixed it. Yeah, like I spoke with Wes Morgan for a bit and was training in there and all that kind of stuff. So it was, yeah, it was, a, it was another just like, yeah, okay, I've watched you guys on TV for, for years on end kind of thing. So it's, but at the same time, you've been in that, I had been in those environments quite a few times up until that point. So I, I had kind of come to a comfort in that sense. So it was, it was nice to just see that because it gave me the, in, in reaching distance of being with those kind of level and stuff and like, you know, the park and lot filled with Lambos, filled with all those, you know, so it's, it's just like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm right there. It's just, you know, just out of reach right now. But so it was really, it was a good experience in that sense, but it's just one of those that you, you never know what's going to happen in that sense. But yeah. And again, just coming into all those clubs, how did you find the adjustment in terms of kind of walking into dressing room on the first day and things like that, or kind of, how did you go about kind of mixing with the players or kind of getting yeah. to know the players? Did you have any strategies that you kind of built up over the, over the years, kind of walking into a club for the first time, kind of what do you, what do you do exactly on the first day? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot of experience of having that first day walking into a, into a dressing room, being the trialist, you know, nobody wants to be the trialist, you know, cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you are, whatever, you're still the trialist. Like people rip on you being that kind of sense. And, it's it's one of those things you just have to kind of embrace that situation and me yeah coming from kind of introverted background growing up I wasn't I wasn't an out you know outspoken person so but I knew going into those situations I would take the first day to just kind of you know have those little chats here and there just to kind of see what's going on what the what atmosphere is like and then I would really try and you know actually be involved you know chat with everybody kind of thing just to be that guy to kind of have those conversations and stuff because at the end of the day, you want the other players to, you know, like you and all that kind of stuff, just because you never know what that'll take. If the manager speaks with a few of them, okay, what do you guys think of the player and stuff? If he's work, fitting in with the dressing room, because a lot of time, like teams, you know, managers won't sign you because you're not, you're not good in the dressing room. You're, you're, you're like, a, you know, you're toxic for the dressing room, all that kind of stuff. So I tried to, you know, just focus on myself, but at the same time, build whatever connections I could to speak with different players and all that. But throughout training you're always getting ripped on doesn't matter how good you're doing or how poor you're doing you, you it, they everybody tries to you know break the trial list in that sense and so it is a it's a it's a huge test in that sense and a lot of players don't realize that going into trials thinking oh it's going to be like i'm coming from a top division top top club like i'm going to come here be perfect all that kind of sense but a lot of players go in and you know are ridiculously talented to do everything but they just break down because they're getting absolutely hammered from every way every single direction in terms of verbally or you know tackles and all that sense so you just really have to hold your own and keep pushing as hard as you can while still keeping a smile on your face acting like you, you love it everything just because you, you don't want to give a reason to the manager or players to rip into you or to say well like what are you doing here kind of thing and so that's a huge learning point in the sense of going on trials is that it's an art to being on trials really of really holding your own in that in that situation and how did you deal with the kind of insecurities of not knowing what was coming next week or even the next day really because i know you spoke a little bit about just kind of the the hopping from airbnb to airbnb how was that kind of experience or how did you deal with it or would you have any advice for anyone that's kind of going through that as well kind of just when you're on trial at a club obviously you could be there for two three weeks but sometimes it can even extend you don't know when when is that day where they'll tell you either you're, you're staying or going and kind of dealing with those insecurities 
yeah, like looking back on it, like it's it's all about just trying to think of just the now, really. Don't fo- focus on the future or the past. Just just take it day by day, minute by minute. Enjoy it to its extent in every every training session that you get because you never know. T- tomorrow they say, no, nah, okay, we're good, or they sign you. You never know. But I really took you know comfort in. I mean, it, it, yeah, hundred percent wasn't easy. It was it was probably the hardest point in my life. I would say once in in that kind of period where I was just waiting weeks to a month before the next kind of trial came came about. When I was in in, in the UK, just being in Airbnbs and days days get long in that sense where you're you're trying to stay focused all that kind of thing and i've i've recently really got into reading and love it further you know sports psychology and stuff and i wish i had that in that situation because it it really gives you just a a whole nother like level of your mindset and everything like i've always thought i had had a very good mindset just because i had been through all these situations and it really builds up your confidence in it like you know okay i can get through this barrier i can i can get through this next step because i've had you know the 15 no's or 20 no's saying okay we're not going to sign you but i knew it just took that one next one and you always have to look at that next opportunity as another opportunity you like you might have said no but you leave that in the past you go in the next one fresh like it's, it's your first trial ever kind of thing you you want you want to give everything you can to that situation because you never know what will happen and so going like going through the airbnbs it was just it was just a constant trying to reassure myself i would like i broke down a few like you know and just being like okay like how how am i going to go forward like how like paying for all these airbnbs doing all this kind of stuff like it, it wasn't coming down to oh just my desire it was coming down to the outside situation where i couldn't i couldn't control it anymore all things were getting too expensive or all that kind of stuff I didn't know exactly how much longer I could make it in terms of just, you know, stand, sticking around, hoping for something to crack kind of thing. But I always knew that I would like, I, I'd never had a doubt in my mind that it will crack. Like it, it's going to happen. Like I know it's going to happen. It's just, I've had all this positive feedback. I just need the right situation to happen. I know it'll come at the right time. Really. Yeah. So I was going to ask pretty much, was there any point at which you just kind of had enough and just kind of wanted to pack it in? But I think kind of you answered that pretty well there. Just that obviously those days did happen, but I think just because of the drive that you have and kind of that, that just kind of, you knew it was going to happen eventually and that you were so close to making it happen that it was just the case of just getting it, getting that final, getting that final step in. So no, it's, um, like I said, it's, it's an inspiring story, really. It's kind of what I tried to, to preach on, kind of the podcast and kind of what I do in general is that you do have to keep going and although you're told no so many times eventually you'll get that yes and it's just a matter of kind of persevering uh through that kind of experience but what was the feeling like then just when you did actually sign Nostrius when you did kind of sign your first professional professional deal yeah like I mean of course it was a it was a sign like it was just kind of a breath out like I can I can take a breath out right now like I can I can take this moment to really look back and realize everything I've done to get to this point really. And, but at the same time, it was a, it was a short lived moment of, you know, feeling accomplishment and stuff. But then I was like, okay, this is where it really begins now, you know, because all of that has brought me to this point, but this is still just like really just the beginning point of, you know, professional football. So at that point where I was just, okay, now is the real work. Like I'd, I'd done everything to get me to this point, but now, 
I need to push on to really get to where I want to play or my, my ultimate ambition in football. And so I took, I, you, you take that moment to, okay, yeah, I've accomplished something, something I've put out for my whole life, really. But now I want to accomplish what's next, really. And so, I, you know, you have that moment where you, you know, you realize, okay, yeah, you've done it, but now you got to push on, really. So it was a big, you know, shift in my mindset of, I've, I've made it, but now let's let's keep pushing on, kind of thing. Yeah, so you mentioned there just kind of having kind of your eyes on kind of the ultimate ambition as such, and this kind of just a stepping stone on the way, as an, as especially as a goalkeeper as well. You're still still a very young guy. So what what kind of would your plans be for the future? What kind of level would you aspire to get to? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the whole sign in Austria was yeah, get games. Because of course, yeah, throughout the, throughout all my trials, people were saying, yeah, okay, we we want more experience, we want more experience, and I hadn't had any professional matches at that time, and so being in Austria, I was able to get games and build on my confidence, build on that. And the manager is Christian Ziege, which is a huge German footballer of his day, played in the World Cup with Germany, and has a lot of connections in that sense. And so that was my kind of biggest stepping stone where I thought, okay, I can get games, establish myself, and then keep keep pushing on, really. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm in the in the kind of transition phase of transferring clubs. And so I'll, I'm, yeah, in talks with my agent at, at all times and stuff and speaking with Christian Ziege, trying to figure out something in terms of a possible move. And so, of course, with, with COVID and everything, it makes it a bit difficult. But, yeah, like I said, I've, I've always been – confident that that next opportunity is going to come and so i'm just always making sure i'm staying ready keeping keeping pushing keep it keep it doing everything i can do to control what i can control and let the things outside of my control uh be where they are and then keep going really and just finally henrik what what advice would you have for somebody looking to follow in your footsteps so whether that be kind of going directly to europe and skipping the college system or do you think that the college system is a good pathway to get to europe yeah i think i mean there's yeah there's tons of different paths to make it to wherever you want to be and depending on what your situation is at the time i think college soccer is a, a great stepping stone either you want to try and go to the mls i think that's a huge a huge um stepping stone towards that path but if you're going to europe i mean i think i mean i i went through college soccer and i ended up playing in europe so i think yeah there's tons of different paths to take but it all needs to kind of fit in your in your overall you know life and everything like you 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 just want i think the biggest thing is focusing on building connections from as early on as you can really because connections are the biggest thing in football apart from just your innate talent and hard work and work ethic and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's those connections that'll just kind of push you over the top to get to where you want to be really. And so I think the, you know, your overall path to the pro kind of thing, like it can be anything. There's tons of different uh, examples of different players making it different ways. But I think, you know, getting on trials, getting on those situations through connections or agents that you, and I mean, you can find agents, phone numbers, emails, you can, you know, file, like, I, I think that's a great way to try and network is just email them, sending your CV, your highlight tape, because you never know who's going to say yes or no, like it doesn't like, and I think you really have to understand that you're going to get a ton of no's. It doesn't like, you just have to keep pushing really. 
and that's what I always knew what I had to do in that sense. So I so I think yeah, getting on trials, getting over to Europe. I mean, uh, European citizenship is a huge thing as well. If you have a passport like that, like that makes the doors open way more than if you don't. But I mean, you can't let that discourage you from making it. Really, like you just you just got to keep going. You have to have have that grit and mentality of you're gonna push on regardless of what happens to you. You you know you're you're gonna make it. You know you're gonna you put in the work to make it. And as long as you have that and have that confidence, you'll you'll find a way to get that really. Yeah, it definitely does depend on the person, really, because like you said, there's so many factors involved and it depends what type yeah. of person you are, whether you have that mental strength at the time to go to Europe yeah. at a young age or if you need that time in the college system to kind of mature, not only kind of on the field, but off the field yeah. as well. So it really just depends on the person, to be honest. And there's so many factors, yeah. like you said, as well, having that kind of European passport as well helps massively when you come to Europe because one of the biggest barriers to kind of North American players is not having a work permit to actually play. And I think yeah. it's something that a lot of players don't realize as well, especially kind of if you're going to be kind of dealing in sometimes the lower leagues where you may have to start there, like Premier League players or clubs, of course, can sign players and work permits, but obviously yeah. they're coming, they're international players, you know, playing on mm. national teams and such. But if you're just yeah. a player coming from, for example, the college system in, in the US, you're not yeah. they're not going to go to the effort of organizing work no, yeah. for you so it is massive to have that in place and also just mm. kind of by telling your experience as well i think it's been a good insight into the realities of of playing football abroad as well because it's not all glitz and glamour it's it's no. like going from airbnb to airbnb and it's kind of the expense of it and it is financially mm. draining as well so there's so many yeah. different factors that come into it apart from the actual playing side of it because like with yourself you you were up to the level and you were told mm. that you were good enough but again just on those no's kept coming for various factors but it had nothing yeah. to do with your ability as such so i think yeah. it's just kind of a, a good story to tell just to, for people just to keep going and to, to realize that football is a subjective game and that if you do yeah. keep working at it eventually uh, good things will come yeah definitely yeah no definitely but i definitely want to uh thank you very much for your time henry because like i said it's a fantastic story to share and that's why i wanted to get you on the podcast really is just to give a bit of an insight into what it's like to to go to europe and kind of work your way up and just everything that's involved in it kind of the, the networking and what it's like to go into european clubs and things like that so i definitely uh want to thank thank you for your time and, and the very best look going forward Oh yeah, I appreciate everything you're doing, and yeah, I love I love uh, trying to help the next person make it really. So I'm always up for it. Well, thanks very much, Henrik. Take care. Yeah, you too, mate. Cheers. Thank you all very much for listening. And like I said, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email, aidenat90minutesfitness.com, or send me a DM on Instagram. As I'm always happy to help. If you found value in today's episode, please like, share, and follow. Thanks again for listening and speak to you all again soon.